If you don't set your goals for yourself, someone will set them for you. And if someone sets them for you, will it truly be your life that you are living? Or will you be living someone else's? Most of us would scorn the idea of living life on someone else's terms. And yet, very few of us take the steps that help us avoid this. The steps of reflecting on our desires, setting goals from them, and creating plans to achieve these goals. But why? Why not take these steps when we believe their outcome, the maximizing of our agency, the living of our lives our way, to be good? A key reason is uncertainty. People don't feel like planning is worth it because the unpredictable nature of life means that their plans will change. In this episode, we argue that uncertainty is no reason not to plan. We start by discussing how you can address the two types of uncertainty that you will face when planning. Uncertainty in your environment. What if something unpredictable happens that messes up my plans? And uncertainty in your preferences. What if I change my mind? What if I want to pursue a different goal? We discuss how you can plan in such a way that helps you keep on top of changes, both on a more practical level, by discussing specific agile planning methodologies, and also on a more abstract one, how you can change the way you perceive a plan from something static to something dynamic that evolves with this change. We'll also show how you have nothing to lose by planning and taking action to achieve this plan. Is even if you change your mind and pursue a different goal after working towards another, you still will have gained valuable knowledge and transferable skills. Aye, let's dive in. Let's start beating uncertainty. I hope you enjoy. So you create a plan. You set yourself a goal and you break it down into the steps you need to achieve it. But there's a change in your understanding of your goal. You think, oh crap, actually, I don't quite like that goal. I'm going to do something differently. Or perhaps you want to, you you do want to achieve this goal, but something happens that's outside of your control. That means the steps which you define to the sub goals you set as the steps you need to take to achieve that goal go all out, go out the window, right? So in these two cases, where there's a change to your understanding of your goals, there's a change to your plan. Is there any point planning in the first place if the world's uncertain, your own thoughts might change? Yes. <laughs> planning is a valuable tool in the real world. And as you said, the real world is uncertain both without and within. The reason that planning is an effective tool, despite these uncertainties existing, is that the plan is not an absolute source of truth that is never changing. Many people see this as one of the main reasons that they never go and actually make a plan. The fact that they think that if they make a plan, if they write down on paper their intentions of where they want to go and how they want to go there, that they're now going to have to follow this path, this way for the rest of their life. This is not the case. A plan is not non-changing. A plan is dynamic by nature. A plan is dynamic. And what that means is that both the goals that you set for yourself in that plan and the sub-goals that you break them down into, the way that you're going to reach your goals, both can change in time. And they will change in time. Assuming that you're planning over any reasonable time period, probably even if it's months, 
you're learning, you're getting new information. And I'm going to start with addressing the fact that the world is changing. Even though the world is constantly changing around us, things are happening, new information is coming, global circumstances are changing that are beyond, so beyond our control that we could not even fathom to start putting them into our plan. That does not mean that we shouldn't plan in the first place. And in fact, in a way, it makes planning more important than ever. Because what a plan really is, and this is a misconception that I really want to address, a plan is not the thing that you have to follow for the rest of your life. Your plan is your current best understanding of how you're going to go to what your current best understanding of where you want to be at is. And now, yes, this necessarily raises the fact that you should not spend hours and hours on end, well, days and days at least, hours and hours maybe, you know, for a good plan, that's worth it. But you shouldn't spend days and weeks and months creating this master plan that is detailed to every, down to the minusculest point, and then just, it changes tomorrow because, I don't know, a war started that you couldn't couldn't expect or a natural disaster came or something more minuscule like... Like you, you lost a friend, you, yeah. something changed in your life. And if you, if you make your plan so specific, so rigid down to this last detail, you will be obviously, then, then the plan will not be useful to you. It will take more effort and more time and more energy than it will actually save you by, by being a useful plan that you can follow towards your goals. It will make you fragile. That's what it will do you. And now, yes, People kind of wish that they could keep the world from changing. These people who think that the plan should be this. Yeah. The, this. The people who think that a plan should be down to the smallest detail, planned once and never changed again. What they're trying to do by hoping and wishing that the world didn't change around them constantly, by being afraid of that uncertainty, is they're trying to make themselves more robust. They're trying to make themselves robust against this scary concept of randomness. But a good plan... A good plan actually makes you anti-fragile. It makes you grow stronger from randomness. That's what this word means. Shout out to Nicholas Nassim Taleb. What a good plan does is it encapsulates your current best understanding of what your goals are and how you're going to get to these goals. And despite the randomness of the world around you, despite maybe the goals changing due to external circumstances of, let's say I wanted to sail across the Atlantic, but now, oops, global warming, the Atlantic evaporated. My goal can no longer be <laughs> that I'm going to sail across the yeah. Atlantic. Extre- extreme case, by the way. Extreme case, extreme <laughs> example is, you know, more illustrative. Yes, in a way we could say that maybe your plan and the things that you did to work towards that was per- like without purpose. But that is assuming that we can ever know anything with 100% certainty, which we can't. So if you expect that in order to start moving towards your goals, you will simply be paralyzed for the rest of your life. What we have to do is we have to embrace the randomness of external circumstances and make our plan as good as we can and most importantly, as agile as we can, as easy to change as we can so that this randomness wouldn't make us fragile because, oh, now we have to sit another month and create a whole new plan just because something small changed, but rather that we would be comfortable knowing that every new information that comes in from the external world, we can comfortably change a few things in our plan and our plan is built to adapt to changes in the external world. And let me just, before giving it back to you to speak a bit more about what if I internally change and start wanting different things, let me just quickly touch on how we can actually achieve this, that the plan is agile and resistant and anti-fragile even to change. 
And the key to that is knowing and understanding the different levels of abstraction. And what I mean by this is that your goal does not, your goal itself, yes, even though it should be clearly defined, as clearly as you can, it should not be defined down to the absolute, you shouldn't be defining the, every square centimeter of how you want your house to look like. Your goal is, I want this house, I want it to be there, 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 as much as you know. And now every single sub-goal that you break this goal down into, and every sub-goal that you break those sub-goals into, so basically every level you move down this tree of abstraction gets more and more precise until when you get to the lowest level, the things that you can act on right now, yes, these should be pretty precisely defined because ultimately every action that we take has to be perfectly precise in the sense that it doesn't have to be written out perfectly precisely, but when we take it, we are taking it in the real world, which is as close to precision as anything can get. So the point is, the key takeaway to take away from here is that a plan shouldn't be absolutely perfectly described on every level of abstraction, only close to that on the lowest level. And as you go up, as you go further in time, time is the great cause, cause of uncertainty. As you go further in time, as you move up your plan tree, as you go more abstract into things that you're going to achieve further away from now, you're allowed a comfortable level of uncertainty. And what the comfortable level is, is up to you to decide. There is no single source of truth of how precise a plan should be. A plan is a tool to help you move closer to your goals and you should use it as such. And you should define it exactly as precisely as is productive to you. Productive defined, of course, by whether it's helping you move closer to your goals better than if you didn't have it or not. And what plays into this is whether you have to spend more energy updating it or not. And for more information on how to actually practically create a plan like this and for tools that can help you do that, that's what we're building way for our software and also our methodology. You can read more about it at way.life and we'll, we'll link it in the description below. And you can use our tool to actually take away much of the manual part of changing a plan. But Sevi, what if the change comes from inside? What if the change isn't that the Atlantic evaporates, but the change is just that I, I don't feel like achieving that anymore. And what to do about the fear of setting any sort of goal for oneself just because it may change in the future. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think you've already answered that question by in two ways. Firstly, you talked about reframing your perception, seeing your plan not as something static, but rather as your best current understanding of where you want to go. And secondly, talking about how in practice you want to plan in an agile fashion. So it's just like to touch upon the first point and frame in such a way that answers your question. So I think take this analogy of an author about to, they want to write a book, mm -hmm. right? And so they start with the first chapter. Mm -hmm. If they had the, men, the mindset of, oh, I don't want to set this goal now, commit myself to this goal now because my understanding might change. If they commit, if they're of that mindset, then they won't start writing the first chapter. Mm -hmm. They won't start writing the whole book. Because I think the reason why reframing your mind to perceive a plan as dynamic, the reason why it's so important is because it enables you to start making process without fear of things changing, being wrong, because you accept that they're a part of life. But I'd like to just, just 
analyze why this is a good thing on a deeper level because it's not like so if we take your goal of oh i wanted to swim across the atlantic but the atlantic evaporated a very extreme example but it illustrate it get you get you get the point even if you have to co- take a completely different goal in setting that goal and making some sort of progress towards achieving it so that would be researching optimal ways of eating so as to be able to swim most effectively the actual training and the lessons you learn you gain from being able for, uh, about how to you know train effectively swim most effectively a momentous task i must mention <laughs> yeah rather rather momentous i mean best of luck if you can do it um i'll personally send you a gold sticker um as a pro- as a result of actually working to achieve this goal you've learned and you've become a better person as a result of that and does this apply also to if the goal changes internally not due to external circumstances oh 100% because it's not like any sort of lesson any sort of like lessons you gain whether they're technical um how i can use this specific skill or perhaps more more vague more intangible more about say cultivating the mental toughness that you needed to um say swim across the atlantic mm-hmm. you can still apply that lesson to a goal of a completely different um of a completely different um domain so say you have a radical change of heart and instead of your main goal for now being swimming across the atlantic and say say it is i want to open up my own restaurant the lessons you learn in mental toughness in mental i'm not going to say toughness anti fragility yeah um mental anti fragility being able to not only survive you know difficult circumstances but actually be able to on a mental level see the benefits and make yourself better as a result of them this links like the stoic concept of amor fati um so you could apply those to the new goal you set yourself so the point which i'm trying to make here is that even if you have an internal change of desire you you think actually the goal which i set myself previously i don't want to achieve mm-hmm. even by pursuing that first goal in the first place you're going to gain something from it you will always gain something from it and so because you will all get always gain something from it you shouldn't fear starting much in the same way the author shouldn't fear writing that first chapter because even if that first chapter eventually ends up being crap scrapped scrapped never sees the final publication mm-hmm. is never published they still have learned so much and the lessons they learned from writing that first chapter enables them to write the first chapter which is eventually published enables them to write the whole book so i think the key um to kind of reframing your perception of a plan being dynamic is recognizing that not only changes normal so that you don't fear it but actually in pursue in moving in any sort of direction you'll become a better person and whatever you learn you'll be able to apply to the next goal so there is sort of two levels to refuting the argument that uncertainty makes planning pointless the first level being what you just mentioned right now that any sort of action towards a purpose is likely to give you skills to make you more mentally anti-fragile maybe physically anti-fragile and just ultimately train you to work towards a purpose. Yeah. And if that purpose changes, you will have learned yes, you will maybe have already taken some tangible benefits in terms of 
okay, maybe I learned how to eat well. Now my goal changed from swimming to running. I can apply that. So that's a possibility and happens often. I can transfer skills that I've learned and yeah. abilities that I've gained over to other domains. And also I can just, uh, just the fact, the skill and ability of achieving any purpose, I can transfer that. But the second level of why this argument can be refuted, of this fear of uncertainty can be refuted, is really the fact that if I am already achieving some sort of purpose, and I'm just so afraid of the fact that this may change in the future, the solution to that cannot be not to achieve any purpose at all. Because by saying that I'm afraid of uncertainty changing all of my purpose, like any purpose that I set, any goal that I set for myself, if I say that I'm afraid that it is uncertain, then yeah, okay. In, in one sense, the only possible solution that remains is to not achieve any goal at all. But what does this mean? It means that instead of giving yourself a fighting chance of choosing the best current goal that you understand to have, you're just giving up completely. You're basically giving up on life before, before you have to. You're saying, oh, because I may change my goal later or because my goal may become unreachable in the future, I'm going to not achieve any goal at all. And, and do what? Just give up, just sit around. And I'm not here speaking out against people who choose to live their life not going, again, going for a billion dollars. That is not what our philosophy and our way is about. If your goal is to sit on a beach and just enjoy nature and good fruits, I mean, power to you, man. I, I respect that. And in a way, that's my goal as well. <laughs> Through a bit more hoops, maybe. You know, the anecdote of the man sitting under a banana tree. Uh, and then, the you know that one? No, no. Oh, just to quickly illustrate, there's a man that sits under a banana tree, you know, uh, just no job, no nothing, just spends his days there. And... A businessman travels to travels to his island and asks, you know, why why is why do you just sit under a banana tree? He says he likes it, and he asks, well, why he's doing it because he wants to. And he asks the businessman, oh well, why why are you working? Why are you building a business? And well, the businessman's answer is so that he could sit under a banana tree and enjoy. It. <laughs> uh, so what my point is is that if your goal is not something traditionally considered a big pursuit, like earning a billion dollars, that is still an okay goal to set for yourself. Maybe the underlying message here is that neither your goal nor the way you go about achieving it is something that can be criticized really by anyone else than yourself, unless you ask them to. If your goal is to just enjoy life, travel, live spontaneously, that's okay, set that as your goal. There are still probably some things you need to change before you can do that from your current life. Maybe yeah. you need to buy a backpack to go traveling, whatever it may be. But if you don't have any goal at all, just because you're afraid, then to me that just feels like a life wasted. If you don't admit to the fact that you want anything enough to go after it, to make, to make it something that you pursue, then you just then you're just a coward, really. And you're not, you're not understanding the fact that fear, that being brave is not about not being afraid, but being brave is about being afraid and doing it anyways. And in this case, it's about understanding why that fear is irrational and facing it head on and going into the unknown and going after what you truly want deep inside, no matter, even if, that, even if, it, could, if it could change 
and even if external circumstances could maybe attack you. Because ultimately, you need to give yourself at least a fighting chance. Yeah. And I think actually that taps upon, that taps into the deeper philosophical, I guess, counter argument, you know, that of the nihilist, which is mm-hmm. there's no point in doing anything. Why should I bother creating a plan in the first place? But before I address that, let's just, let's just conduct like a likelihood analysis. So someone who's scared of setting a goal because they think it will change, they might think that, okay, the best course of action therefore is to do nothing, but it's very unlikely that they will actually stay true to that nihilist principle of doing nothing because A, there will be some sort of biological motivators Mm -hmm. compelling them to do some sort of actions. Maybe that's a false comparison. Maybe that's like an unfair characterization. So let's take another type of motivation, that which is induced through your socialization, right? Society tells you that this and that is good. And so because you internalize it, you Mm -hmm. then pursue it. So the person who's scared to set goals for themselves because they might change is very unlikely to be a true nihilist and not do anything. Yeah. Both because they have biology, but I think most critically, because biology, you can't really control that, right? Um, but what you can control is what elements of your socialization you let motivate your action. Yeah. Because if you grow up in a society, the one in which we live, which glorifies the life of the businessman, glorifies the pursuit of wealth, then perhaps if you don't set goals for yourself, you you know you miss the steps of critically reflecting on what you want to achieve. You just set, go back to your default mode of pursuing that which you are told by the media, by your parents, by society, uh, that which is good to achieve. And so the problem is with that is you're kind of you're restricting your agency because you're following a life path which you yourself haven't defined. But I think it's even worse because it's unconscious because you think you're actually upholding some sort of nihilist principle, which I think is fair, is philosophically... Well, actually, I'd refute it philosophically, but I think if that's a principle you have, then it's somewhat commendable if you can actually summon the courage to be able to live by it. But the thing is, you probably won't be because of your socialization. And not just your socialization, really. I, Yeah, I, I would just say it as simply as the, the, the likelihood that you're a true nihilist is, is very, very low. And what is most likely to happen if you don't set any goals for yourself is that your fear will lead to someone else setting them for you. That's the most practically likely situation that we live in, that we see in today's world. You, you know, you go to school, you're socialized by those around you, you refuse to set any goals for yourself. Oh, okay, no problem. Here's a goal for you. Here's a goal for you. <laughs> go to that school and study that thing for a given number of years. Okay, you go do that. You're still afraid. Oh, okay, don't worry. Come work for me. I'll tell you exactly what to do. You do that until you're 65 and your life's gone. If you don't live your life your way, you will live it someone else's way. So that is why we built way, because we don't believe in that. We think that fear can be conquered and that fear is a natural part that motivates us to act better. And we should listen to it, but we should listen to it only insofar as it is telling us that the thing is something that comes with great consequences, not necessarily that it's something that shouldn't be done. 
Yeah. Fear is something to be harnessed, to be used as a fuel that will compel you to greater things. You shouldn't live your life someone else's way. Live your life your, your way. way. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to check out our social media pages and website, links in the description, for more on how you can live your life your way. Also, if you thought that you gained something from this episode, whether it be a small insight or transcendental reality-shaping piece of enlightenment, then feel free to share this episode with your friends, family, whoever it may be, for there is no better gift than that of a good idea. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next week.